Well, this is the second Sunday of Advent, and the theme today is around signposting the way. Jesus' life signposts the way, and we in turn are asked to be signposts to the way. And the great comfort that we're told about in this reading is that there is a way. That's the great comfort, that this world is not just a random jumble, but there is order. That voice calling in the wilderness occurs both here in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament, where John the Baptist is also referred to as the voice calling in the wilderness. And in both cases, there is a spirit calling out to the people that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. And here in Advent, we see John the Baptist referring to Jesus in these terms, as well as the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, it says, you know, it feels a bit like us. It says, what shall I cry out? You know, what am I supposed to do? Because all people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. It seems it's going to make no difference. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely people are like grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And so we wonder why we do it. But then we're specifically told in this reading, he, he asks to speak, us to speak up. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on the high mountain. Come from your spiritual experience. The high mountain mentioned in the Bible is always about a spiritual experience. Come from your spiritual experience. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, the city, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Don't be afraid and say, here is our God. So that ultimate consolation that we're offering is that peace that passes all understanding. That's what's being shared. And in the second Sunday of Advent, we're being told that there is a way to follow. And that way leads to that peace and that we're asked to speak up that others may hear that there is peace available in the world, no matter how disastrous everything feels. Just as Isaiah spoke up in the New Testament and John the Baptist, uh, Isaiah spoke in the Old Testament and John the Baptist spoke, spoke up in the New Testament. I feel that personally strongly myself I mentioned last week that you know if there's one purpose that I've identified in my life it was really that of bearing witness to the existence of God And and I think you know that's what we're being asked to do this week we're being asked to actually stand up and bear witness to the existence of there being an order just as you know our chapel is positioned by the roundabout in Aspen and it's a welcome to the city, it's also bearing witness that there is, in spite of everything else, a spiritual dimension to life. And as it says in our our mission statement here, we are to be a testament to remind the peoples of Aspen that there is foremost a spiritual dimension to our existence. And that's really what this passage means when it speaks of those who go up a holy mountain and bring the good news to Zion. 
I think it's interesting that in all these verses, uh, and in Old Testament and New Testament, the phrases are highly religious in the way that they're expressed, you know, about Zion, about the Lord, and about John the Baptist. But I think what it's really saying when it comes down to it is that if you found yourself that there is a fundamental order to life, then please do share it with others. We spend so much time looking for the way ourselves in our own lives that we forget that the real point of it all is to let others into the secret as well, to share with others what we ourselves have found. And we are reluctant to do it these days because of a fear of the thought of that we're proselytizing, you know, we're trying to convert others. But in reality, what we're doing is serving them in their search for a better way of life. And in this second Sunday of Advent, we're asked to share what we've learned about the way that we live our lives. I've always said that one of the purposes of the chapel is to share the wisdom as to how to live our lives more skillfully. And and this is what we're being asked to do here. It's not about being a part of a particular religion. I've always said, and I think a lot of people have said, that Jesus didn't come to start a world religion. That wasn't his purpose to come. He came to show people how to live life more skillfully. His life was a demonstration of the potential of humanity. And we aspire to that potential. But I don't think in in any one particular way. We can use teachers to help us on our way, but we finally have to realize that it's us individually who are in the driving seat in our lives. That is the chapel's attitude, I think, to spiritual learning. We recognize that each of us is in the driving seat of our own education, educare, to lead out, the leading of wisdom out of ourselves. But we come together corporately to support each other in this enterprise. We're all here together to support each other in that enterprise of, of finding that way. There's a lovely, uh, uh, venerable Jakarta. He puts it perfectly. He says, I don't seek the way, yet I'm not confused. I don't venerate the Buddhas, yet I'm not conceited. I don't meditate for long periods of time, yet I'm not lazy. I don't restrict myself to one meal a day, yet I'm not attached to food. I don't know what's enough, yet I'm not covetous. When the mind seeks nothing, this is called the way. When the mind seeks nothing, this is called the way. The idea he's putting forward that finding, it's about finding the way by not following a way. Finding your way by not following particularly a way. And it comes back to that idea that there is no specific way to follow. Just living life to the full by responding to what comes to us in that portal of the present moment, but being attached to nothing. Like that famous uh, stanza from uh, the Dhammapada, the sayings of the Buddha. It is not good conduct, it's not good conduct that helps you on your way, nor ritual, nor book learning, 
nor withdrawal into the self, nor deep meditation. None of these confirm mastery and joy. O seeker, rely on nothing until you want nothing. The idea that there isn't a a particular way, but also that we just have to be unattached and allow things to happen and respond to what's going on. Again, you know, T.S. Eliot in The Four Quartets. In order to arrive there, to arrive where you are, to get from where you are not, you must go by way wherein there is no ecstasy. In order to arrive at what you do not know, you must go by a way which is a way of ignorance. In order to possess what you do not possess, you must go by the way of dispossession. In order to arrive at where you are not, you must go through the way in which you are not. And what you do not know is the only thing you know. And what you own is what you do not own. And where you are is where you are not. It is a place of arrival that contains the whole journey. And you have all that you need for that journey. A journey that begins and ends in the present moment. The the way begins and ends always in the present moment. It couldn't be anything else. Which is why the Tao Te Ching, just to tick all the religions here, which is why the Tao Te Ching says, without opening your door, you can open your heart to the world. Without looking out of your window, you can see the essence of the Tao. The more you know, the less you understand. The master arrives without leaving, sees the light without looking, and achieves without doing a thing. This is the way of no way. And and really, it is what's being pointed at. There is a sense of nothing left to do. And this is what I think allows us to truly serve. Because we're not trying to get anywhere. We're not following any teaching or any particular practice. Instead, we're just available to respond with love to whatever the universe brings us. That's the way. That's the way that's espoused by the great mystics. And it's not a religion. There are no rules. It is following the way that's set out by the universe, represented in the present moment, that encourages us to follow. It's almost as if the road is laid out in front of us and we just walk along it. It is a way unique to each of ourselves. We're not trying to get anyone to follow any particular path. We're suggesting to people that each of them has a path that they can follow, if they but knew it. So when this reading tells us to bring good news to Zion, it's really asking us to open our hearts to those around us. Often we think of our spiritual lives as being a very private business. You go to church, that's your business. You know, I go up a mountain. You know, we do both these things and, you know, we'll keep them to ourselves. But this is saying, you know, don't keep it to yourself. As we talk to each other over this holiday period, there is so much that we can share with those around us that might help others to find the way. And yet we don't think of talking about it. We have to make a connection between our own spiritual growth and a sharing of that so that others around us can grow. 
And when we look at others with the eyes of compassion, you know, we often can see their pain. And the temptation is just not to go there, to change the subject, to avoid the grief that's often there. But sometimes just a sensitive word can open up a communication that leads to something that is close to healing. I'm not talking about fixing people or lecturing them. I'm talking about having the courage to share the pain of others and offer a word that might send them in the direction where they can find their own healing. And this second Sunday of Advent is asking us to think about that, to think about those that we're going to come into contact with and think about how we might nudge them in a way that will help them to find that peace and comfort that finding our own path has given us. He tends the flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And I think we're asked to gently lead. We who have found the value of a spiritual path are asked to share that with others. That's our role and our purpose. Otherwise, it's just all about self-gratification. And that's definitely not the point. The point of the spiritual part is to work with and for others out of a love which we've discovered. That quote from Rowan Williams about spirituality being the cultivation of a sensitive and rewarding relationship with eternal truth and love. And we find that love in not just a personal thing, but in a universal thing. We have As Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that means sharing the skills that you've learned on the spiritual path out of that love which we found. It's not enough just to be enlightened. We have to go into the marketplace with open arms and offer ourselves to those around us to perform that second part of the Buddhist original vow. The vow is first is to never give up until you have become a Buddha. And secondly, never give up until you've brought peace to the world. The bringing of peace to the world is literally us bringing the peace out of our hearts and sharing it with those around us. When we perform the ritual of communion, which we will hear today, we're using the bread and the wine as a metaphor for Jesus's body and blood, which really means that we're taking the peace, P-E-A-C-E, that is at the center of Jesus's life, the peace that passes all understanding, and it's represented by the body and blood. And we're taking that peace into ourselves. The body and the blood, the bread and the wine, represent the peace in Jesus's life. And we symbolically take that into ourselves. He's sharing his peace with us. And so we, in turn, are asked to share our peace with others. We may think that we're nothing special and have nothing to offer. But the very fact that we have a spiritual focus at the center of our life, in our heart, is something we have to share. We have our heart to share. And this holiday period Let's share some of that which we've received with those that we find around us. Thank you.